chapter eight part two of the may flower and miscellaneous writings by harriet beecher stowe this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the may flower and miscellaneous writings by harriet beecher stowe chapter eight part two sabbath sketches sketch second the little quiet village of camden stands under the brow of a rugged hill in one of the most picturesque parts of new england and its regular honest and industrious villagers were not a little surprised and pleased that mr james a rich man and pleasant spoken withal had concluded to take up his residence among them he brought with him a pretty genteel wife and a group of rosy romping but amiable children and there was so much of good nature and kindness about the manners of every member of the family that the whole neighbourhood were prepossessed in their favour mr james was a man of somewhat visionary and theoretical turn of mind and very much in the habit of following out his own ideas of right and wrong without troubling himself particularly as to the appearance his course might make in the eyes of others he was a supporter of the ordinances of religion and always ready to give both time and money to promote any benevolent object and though he had never made any public profession of religion nor connected himself with any particular set of christians still he seemed to possess great reverence for god and to worship him in spirit and in truth and he professed to make the bible the guide of his life mr james had been brought up under a system of injudicious religious restraint he had determined in educating his children to adopt an exactly opposite course and to make religion and all its institutions sources of enjoyment his aim doubtless was an appropriate one but his method of carrying it out to say the least was one which was not a safe model for general imitation in regard to the sabbath for example he considered that although the plan of going to church twice a day and keeping all the family quiet within doors the rest of the time was good other methods would be much better accordingly after the morning service which he and his whole family regularly attended he would spend the rest of the day with his children in bad weather he would instruct them in natural history show them pictures and read them various accounts of the works of god combining all with such religious instruction and influence as a devotional mind might furnish when the weather permitted he would range with them through the fields collecting minerals and plants or sail with them on the lake meanwhile directing the thoughts of his young listeners upward to god by the many beautiful traces of his presence and agency which superior knowledge and observation enabled him to discover and point out these sunday strolls were seasons of most delightful enjoyment to the children though it was with some difficulty that their father could restrain them from loud and noisy demonstrations of delight and he saw with some regret that the mere animal excitement of the stroll seemed to draw the attention too much from religious considerations and in particular to make the exercises of the morning seem like a preparatory penance to the enjoyments of the afternoon 
nevertheless when mr james looked back to his own boyhood and remembered the frigid restraint the entire want of any kind of mental or bodily excitement which had made the sabbath so much a weariness to him he could not but congratulate himself when he perceived his children looking forward to sunday as a day of delight and found himself on that day continually surrounded by a circle of smiling and cheerful faces his talent of imparting religious instruction in a simple and interesting form was remarkably happy and it is probable that there was among his children an uncommon degree of real thought and feeling on religious subjects as the result the good people of camden however knew not what to think of a course that appeared to them an entire violation of all the requirements of the sabbath the first impulse of human nature is to condemn at once all who vary from what has been commonly regarded as the right way and accordingly mr james was unsparingly denounced by many good people as a sabbath-breaker an infidel and an opposer to religion such was the character heard of him by mr richards a young clergyman who shortly after mr james fixed his residence in camden accepted the pastoral charge of the village it happened that mr richards had known mr james in college and remembering him as a remarkably serious amiable and conscientious man he resolved to ascertain from himself the views which had led him to the course of conduct so offensive to the good people of the neighbourhood this is all very well my good friend said he after he had listened to mr james's eloquent account of his own system of religious instruction and its effects upon his family i do not doubt that this system does very well for yourself and family but there are other things to be taken into consideration besides personal and family improvement do you not know mr james that the most worthless and careless part of my congregation quote your example as a respectable precedent for allowing their families to violate the order of the sabbath you and your children sail about on the lake with minds and hearts i doubt not elevated and tranquillized by its quiet repose but ben dakes and his idle profane army of children consider themselves as doing very much the same thing when they lie lolling about sunning themselves on its shore or skipping stones over its surface the whole of a sunday afternoon let every one answer to his own conscience replied mr james if i keep the sabbath conscientiously i am approved of god if another transgresses his conscience to his own master he standeth or falleth i am not responsible for all the abuses that idle or evil disposed persons may fall into in consequence of my doing what is right let me quote an answer from the same chapter said mr richards let no man put a stumbling-block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way let not your good be evil spoken of it is good neither to eat flesh nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or made weak now my good friend you happen to be endowed with a certain tone of mind which enables you to carry through your mode of keeping the sabbath with little comparative evil and much good so far as your family is concerned but how many persons in this neighbourhood do you suppose would succeed equally well if they were to attempt it 
if it were the common custom for families to absent themselves from public worship in the afternoon and to stroll about the fields or ride or sail how many parents do you suppose would have the dexterity and talent to check all that was inconsistent with the duties of the day is it not your ready command of language your uncommon tact in simplifying and illustrating your knowledge of natural history and of biblical literature that enable you to accomplish the results that you do and is there one parent in a hundred that could do the same now just imagine our neighbour squire hart with his ten boys and girls turned out into the fields on a sunday afternoon to profit withal you know he can never finish a sentence without stopping to begin it again half a dozen times what progress would he make in instructing them and so of a dozen others i could name along this very street here now you men of cultivated minds must give your countenance to courses which would be best for society at large or as the sentiment was expressed by st paul we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves for even christ pleased not himself think my dear sir if our saviour had gone only on the principle of avoiding what might be injurious to his own improvement how unsafe his example might have proved to less elevated minds doubtless he might have made a sabbath-day fishing excursion an occasion of much elevated and impressive instruction but although he declared himself lord of the sabbath-day and at liberty to suspend its obligation at his own discretion yet he never violated the received method of observing it except in cases where superstitious tradition trenched directly on those interests which the sabbath was given to promote he asserted the right to relieve pressing bodily wants and to administer to the necessities of others on the sabbath but beyond that he allowed himself in no deviation from established custom mr james looked thoughtful i have not reflected on the subject in this view he replied but my dear sir considering how little of the public services of the sabbath is on a level with the capacity of younger children it seems to me almost a pity to take them to church the whole of the day i have thought of that myself replied mr richards and have sometimes thought that could persons be found to conduct such a thing it would be desirable to institute a separate service for children in which the exercises should be particularly adapted to them i should like to be minister to a congregation of children said mr james warmly well replied mr richards give our good people time to get acquainted with you and do away the prejudices which your extraordinary mode of proceeding has induced and i think i could easily assemble such a company for you every sabbath after this much to the surprise of the village mr james and his family were regular attendants at both the services of the sabbath mr richards explained to the good people of his congregation the motives which had led their neighbour to the adoption of what to them seemed so unchristian a course and upon reflection they came to the perception of the truth that a man may depart very widely from the received standard of right for other reasons than being an infidel or an opposer of religion a ready return of cordial feeling was the result and as mr james found himself treated with respect and confidence he began to feel notwithstanding his fastidiousness that there were strong points of congeniality 
between all real and warm-hearted christians however different might be their intellectual culture and in all simplicity united himself with the little church of camden a year from the time of his first residence there every sabbath afternoon saw him surrounded by a congregation of young children for whose benefit he had at his own expense provided a room fitted up with maps scriptural pictures and every convenience for the illustration of biblical knowledge and the parents or guardians who from time to time attended their children during these exercises often confessed themselves as much interested and benefited as any of their youthful companions End of chapter 8 part 2